0: Do you see this writing? Do you know what it means? Hospitality. And you can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it.
1: Um, I'm
0: going to need you to go ahead and come in tomorrow. In my regards to King Todd, asshole. Tell you what. I'll take Miss
2: Barrett back to her apartment and check her out. I'll go check out Miss Barrett's apartment.
3: I'm not even supposed to be here today.
1: Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty
3: ape!
2: Statistical
3: fact. Cops will never pull over a man with a huge bong in his car. Why? Who fear this man? They know he sees farther than they. We'll bind them with ancient logics. Hey, everybody! We're back with the Good Trash and Undercast, and we're not doing what we normally do with stuff with looking Good at. Beat that with looking at stuff on the Netflix, we went to the talkies, and we got a chance <laughs> to see the movie RoboCop at IMAX. Uh, um, the dear friend uh, Arthur Gordon and dear friend Caleb Masters, both are members of the press, and availed themselves a press screening to myself and yet another anonymous friend. But we know who you are. And we're so glad you're listening, and uh, we uh, want to. Dalton Stewart
0: didn't go because I had better things to do.
3: Yeah. I'm just here hanging out. <laughs> you do have speech probation, sir.
0: <laughs> I just didn't want people to think I wasn't here.
3: Because, <laughs> because I'm always there. <laughs> so we're going to do a quick just reaction to the movie RoboCop. I ask you first, Mr. Caleb Masters, what say you? You know what? This movie isn't bad. <clears throat> I have low expectations going in, admittedly. But uh,
1: and I, I don't think this is a classic or a masterpiece. Uh, this is not going to be remembered like the original. However... There's a lot of fun to be had in this movie, and this movie does present a lot of really cool ideas that I think the original missed. This is a uh, a remake in the truest sense that does what remakes are supposed to do, not just recreate what we've already seen, but take take the, the story, the premise, the idea, and say, okay, let's look at this from a totally different angle, and let's explore those angles. And I think this movie does that really, really well. Is it a great movie? No. It's a really good one. Is it a great remake? It's a good one that could have been great, but didn't quite make it. As far as my analysis goes, uh, I think the movie poses some interesting questions uh, about police state versus freedom. Um... uh I'm thinking more in terms of at what cost is our safety worth? The main character, who is sent to protect everybody as a, as a police officer, is completely, he, he loses his humanity. The cost, the cost is humanity. One man, sure, he stops all these crimes, but guess what? It cost him his soul, essentially. I think this is, the bigger question it's raising is, is our safety worth what makes us human? Um, is it okay to have guns in schools if you feel safe? What is it costing us for, to live uh, in the, the peace and safety are we losing our humanity to this? And I think this movie explores uh, these questions in a lot of uh, interesting and different ways through the character, Robocop, who is a cop who uh, his whole mission is to protect everybody, but to be the perfect protector, he must no longer be human. He must be a robot, essentially. So uh, this is an idea presented in the original, but I think this movie really gets to the human element than the original did and looks at things like how what's it costing his family, what's it costing his friends... What's it costing him and his value of human life? Because it seems like he values human life a whole lot less, criminals or not. Um, he's a machine. So he doesn't... I mean, it costs him his humanity. Uh, so I guess at the end of the day, you could say the big question here is, uh, is, do we value freedom or safety? Can we live with both or not?
3: And how do you negotiate that? I, I like that. that. Yeah, I like that. That's very, very good, Mr. Gale Arthur, what do you think? Do you like it? Do you bring any analysis? You know, the more I
2: think about it, the, it really just... It's forgettable. I think more than anything, I uh, got the right point. I think this is a remake that had the best intentions. I, don't, I think this wasn't one that was made for, you know, let's just make an extra... I'm sure money was part of the reasoning. Of the course. Of Hollywood. But I don't think this was like, let's just put this director on there and let's just pump this out and get it out there just because we want to make a buck. I think there were actually some good intentions behind this remake. Execution... This movie is confused. It doesn't know what it wants to do. It doesn't know if it wants to be a uh, revenge pick. It doesn't know if it wants to be a superhero film. It doesn't know if it wants to be pure satire. It doesn't know if it wants to be a story about uh, the future of technology and man versus machine. But it does have some good elements. I enjoy the supporting cast a lot. I liked um, Michael Keaton. I liked Gary Oldman a lot. And I think... The action... I, Jackie Earl Haley, I, I gotta mention, because I thought he was a lot of fun here. And I was surprised to see him, but it was really a really nice surprise. My big problem with this is I feel like there was way too much build-up in the development of RoboCop the machine. So we've got largely the first act and probably part of the second act just in development of the the, the RoboCop itself. Half the movie. And then we RoboCop have... RoboCop begins. Very minimal of him actually being a cop on the streets. And then we rush a very bad ending in, in there and the way they play some of the characters they had all these ideas they built some up then they forgot and they tried to reintegrate them in the last seconds and with those types of mistakes it's just this film I think tried to do too much uh, in the time that it allowed itself to do it and so I I enjoyed it in the in, in, the, in the now I enjoyed it when I was watching it but in, re- in retrospect it's it's a forgettable film I think, and as far as analysis goes, I think Kayla's hitting up. This thing opens itself up to a lot of analysis. Satire, you talk about satire, politics, uh, police state, whatever you want. You can cool. even talk about the news media, yeah. which we even hit on yeah. with Samuel Jackson. Yeah, press journalism, that, that whole thing, uh, biases. But one thing that really stuck out to me uh, was this idea of the uh, essentially a transference of blame. Nobody wanted to take. Um, responsibility for their actions. They always, everybody tried to push it off on somebody else and place the blame somewhere else, and no one was willing or ready to step up and take the blame. And it's kind of pushing this question in society of who's, you know, who will start to take responsibility in these different areas. In the, in the press, who's going to take responsibility for what we see in the press? Who's going to take responsibility in the, the police state? Who's going to, you know, measure this checks and balances in what we're seeing here? And so that's one of the things I was picking up on with the film.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. I think the film you know, owes a debt to Verhoeven's original in that there is this kind of political subtext. Um, Verhoeven's uh, next film, Starship Troopers, of course, has tons of that. And what I love about the movie, I guess we should talk about the good first, right, it, it, is that I, I do love the use of media as a propaganda machine that is in Verhoeven's original, and they recapture that with Samuel L. Jackson playing Bill O'Reilly truly playing he, he
1: really is playing bill o'reilly bill o'reilly
3: <laughs> it is a little fantastic it, the moment is really inspired um and he's not really phoning this moment in which he does with other bit yeah. roles that he has i mean he's probably on screen a total of i don't know 10 minutes yeah you know it's a judy dench kind of role in mm-hmm. Shakespeare in love it's, it's one of those kind of moments but uh i, I really like that i like his performance I, I very much like michael keaton not playing batman and uh, playing this this evil, evil um, CEO. Um, I really like Gary Oldman's performance. I, I think that's all very, very solid. My problem with the movie, this is what I said when I came out, was that Robocop is somehow trying to maintain some form of humanity in the way he is uh, defending the peace, the way he's keeping law enforced and somehow restructuring society in a way that, that's more beneficial that these drones that are being used overseas are. And, and and those are all cast as some sort of fascism, you know, this sort of just violence to suppress those who are resistance and it is, you know, very, very World War II Mussolini sort of uh, technique. And so we, we introduced Robocop as this alternative But the Robocop that's introduced really only presents a kinder, gentler fascism, it seems to me. It it, it seems like... Because he's still shooting people in the back, and arresting people without due process and, uh, you know, violating the Bill of Rights, left and right. But because there's a human inside of it instead of a drone, it's not really saying, hey, you know what, the fascism that is being committed right now um, by this current administration, the one previous through drones is bad. What we really need is the fascism where we have people doing that sort of stuff. And that's still fascism. It's still abusive. It's still a police state. And I I, I think it's still kind of ugly. And and I think that is that problematizes the film for me quite a lot. The other thing I don't really like is that there's a prescience to Varhoven's original, where he's predicting this downfall of Detroit. And here we are. This is reactive, you know, looking at current drone stuff. And the Detroit that it depicts is suburban. It's way
0: nicer than actual Detroit.
3: Yeah, it is. And I I think it's reactive instead of uh, prophetic.
0: I just listening to you guys talk, I'm, I'm thinking about the original RoboCop and just kind of comparing what you're saying to that, um, because I haven't seen it, the, the remake. Uh, the, the thing Dustin said that I, I really keyed in on was what makes Verhoeven's RoboCop really great is it wasn't predictive. It was only after you thought about it that you realized it was current, in fact. Um, you know, the the media of the 1980s and the, the, the 1980s ad- atmosphere was already that of RoboCop. It oh, was totally. just turned up to 11.
3: I'm talking about the Detroit. Oh, okay. The, the, gotcha. the, no, the, Detroit the decline of Detroit. It, the Detroit it predicts it, is The precious. other
0: thing I thought about was, you know, Verhoeven doesn't try to have his cake and eat it, too. Uh, RoboCop is a fascist in RoboCop. He is a tool of fascists, and the only thing that makes him a good guy is he he kills the most evil of those fascists because they, you know, used him as a tool. It doesn't say we're, we're on to brighter and sunnier pastors. It says the bad guy's already won, we just managed to get rid of the most corrupt of them, and that was that's something that I I find very interesting uh, about uh, Verhoeven's RoboCop. Well,
1: and I would and I would argue, I mean, uh, well, it, well, you, well, you well, you go ahead and go. finish your you analysis first. No,
3: I I think you're absolutely right. And, and well, the difference between the two films is that you know the RoboCop is really less heroic in the original. Absolutely, he's not heroic, really. He's not. He, he is. He's, he's doing the best he can with what he now has. he's, he's locked in the situation, and he's. Unable to really do anything else beyond all of that.
0: That was something I noticed from the trailers that it seems like this RoboCop is—he's a superhero. He's the same guy, just yeah. now he's got Robo powers.
3: Pretty much, <laughs> he, he, he 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 has the Green Lantern ring. Yeah. that the oh, magic arm that that makes him RoboCop. I mean, really, that that's yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, and the and, original
0: RoboCop is there is no man left
3: in the end. I think the thing I would say about the hero factor for RoboCop in in the remake. Is that because he is portrayed more heroically, there is uh, a subtle endorsement of the uh, fascist techniques he uses. Uh, the greatest example is there is a scene in which there is an arrest made uh, of, a, of one of the baddies, and uh, there's two of them. One of them resists and is shot. The other one is not resisting and is shot anyway. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a spoiler to say. And it's a yeehaw moment. As you're watching it, now you're appalled by it if you're using your brain at all. But the thing about great Hollywood cinema and blockbuster cinema is it's it's designed in such a way that you don't engage your brain. And so I I find the film more troubling than um, I find it fulfilling. And uh, I'm glad that it's forgettable because I'm scared people would watch it and be transformed by it in a negative way.
0: Two questions. Does anybody say I'd buy that for a dollar? Yes. Does RoboCop say "Dead or Alive, you're coming with me"? Uh, yes, yes
1: and it's not as cool because it, he says it in a really weird moment,
0: and, and then someone says, "I wouldn't buy that for a dollar."
1: Oh. He doesn't say "Dead or Alive," you know. He doesn't say like the iconic "Dead or Alive, come with me." It's like in a really other movies do like when they put the the nods in these
2: weird moments. So. Dude, Rise of the Planet of the Apes when Draco <laughs> says, "Get your hands off of me, you damn dirty apes," or whatever. <laughs> You know that's that's one of those embarrassing moments. Like, why did he say it? Right in that moment.
1: Right, right. That's fair enough. Um, fair enough. But I okay, Dustin. I I, I want to refute your analysis to some degree. Ooh. Well, you could try. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's wrong per se, but I because I, I think the ideas of a police stare there. But I I also don't feel like the movie is necessarily portraying the fact that he got turned into a robot as a good thing, or that what he's doing is a good thing. Like in the end, man lost his soul. And then two, yeah, I know you. Could. I didn't think that the moment you're talking about, I did not take as a yeehaw moment at all. Um, I was more like shocked. Uh, but, these two gentlemen disagree with but, me, though. We in the theater.
2: In the theater, everybody else laughed as he walked away after putting you bet on the and he made his one-liner. That is how the crowd reacted, and that is how general audiences will react when they see this movie. Um, either way,
1: I still don't think when it's all said and done, the fact I don't think the movie is saying. Look at how awesome RoboCop is. I mean... Incorrect. You think I'm incorrect? (laughs) I I don't know. Obviously, he's more heroic. I'm not going to argue with that. But I don't think the movie was... At the end of the day, I don't think the movie was like, the world's a better place because we have RoboCop. At all, actually. In fact, if anything, I think it presents as that world being now... Having to wrestle with the question of whether they, I mean, what to do with them, because I mean, at the, the, the closing news announcement with Samuel Jackson. I mean, like it, it feels like, well, we have this thing that it's kind of Pandora's box. Now we've opened it. Now we actually figure out how to deal with it, as opposed to saying, yeah, look, we got a RoboCop who's patrolling the streets now. It's awesome. I don't think I didn't get that personally. Did Arthur,
3: Arthur, or Dustin disagree with me on that. <clears throat> Well, I would just say this. Um, there, there's clearly this this parodic um, moment with Sam Jackson saying what he says at the end of the movie about RoboCop still being on the streets and, and all that. And clearly, we're not supposed to um, be empathizing with Sam Jackson. Exactly. That's the whole point. I, I guess that's what I'm saying. That's why I don't but, think the movie is... But that said, RoboCop's methodologies are still that super, super tough on crime... That super, super I don't, lack movie, of due process sort of technique. And I don't and, think and, the movie and, is saying it's a good thing. I, I think the movie is saying it's a good thing. There's, they are talking about how because he's got humanity in place and he has all the access to all this closed circuit television <laughs> and all of this Big Brother sort of information, that he's able to finally execute crime. And, and, and even though we use that moment where he's dopamine down and he uh, arrests the person in this um, – Event when he first is, is is present and he's not he's kind of walking around like a zombie just a crime fighting mm-hmm. uh, mercenary. There is an idea though, wouldn't that be better? And I don't think they do a good enough job of refuting that. That well, no, be I will because say that now. I'll
2: say that him in doped up robot state is a better, more just cop than he as a human in robot. And that's problematic because as he becomes more human, as he gains his humanity back, he starts killing people who are unarmed or shoots him in the back. Whatever he does.
3: I'm and that's what makes the music back. Com- that makes the
1: movie confused. The movie is definitely confused, but I, I, uh, I'm not going to argue with that. And I think again, because I think they were trying to fulfill too much for the agenda, um, like Arthur said. Um, but I don't think the movie is making a bold statement about supporting fascism. I really don't. I don't think the movie. I think when it's over,
0: it, I, I did not walk away saying that's a better world. The problem is, it doesn't make a bold statement refuting fascism. And now we're getting cyclical, so I'm going to shut this whole thing down by saying something. If there was one character that didn't need to go, thank you. If there was one character that didn't need to go to the Brian Singer school of uh, making costumes look less cool, a la the original X Men, it was RoboCop. That being said, there's a cool moment in the trailer that I don't know if is in the film that is I feel like vaguely self aware, where Michael Keaton asks if he can be more tactical. Yeah, which I think is vaguely self aware. That the bad guy is asking, let's make robot look Robocop look uh, like every other hero out there right now.
1: Well, that's actually the point of the movie is like how, I mean, they, and I think this is again where they talk, I talk about re-exploring different I- ideas differently. They're, he's more about how can we sell this to the people? And they do make, they do, they play off the original costume a little bit. They play off of, that's where you see a scene in the trailer
0: where he's like, what if we paint him black? People like that, right? I mean, they, they, they that that very said, it's very similar. He is black on the poster looking all tactical and whatnot, so.
3: Yeah, and he ends up in a black suit. He is
0: up black for most of the movie until the very end where he, yeah. Don't talk with your mouthful, Caleb. It's just rude.
1: Your <laughs> <Human> mother's rude.
3: <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for this conversation. This is a special bonus edition of the Good Trash Cast. We're so glad that you listened in, and now you know a little bit of something, something about something that's in the talkies right now. It's at the movies. Uh, instead of that, which is on the Flicks of Nets. Uh, So, hope you enjoyed this. And if you like this sort of bonus content, by all means, give us feedback on iTunes, on Podbean, also on the the Facebook, and also on the Twitter. Let us know what you think about this, and if you like it a lot, we might do it again. But until next time, we'll see you at the movies.
2: I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife.